Well, good morning, church. Great to see you this morning, and hopefully you've had a chance to gather with somebody and uh, be able to join us as we worship the Lord together. If you're a first-time guest, thank you for checking us out this morning. We'd love to invite you to look at our website, SalemHeightsChurch.org, to learn more information about our church. You can also send us prayer requests at prayer at SalemHeightsChurch.org. We'd love to pray for you and answer any questions you might have. Well, uh, as August now has uh, wrapped up and we're into September, uh, it feels a little bit different this year. Uh, but one thing we know is that God is still on the throne. He hasn't changed, and this morning we're going to get to worship Him together. So join us now. Well, hello, Salem Hiders and guests. We welcome you here today. We're glad that you're joining us. Uh, we're going to ask you to worship with us before we hear from God's Word. So let's sing together now. darkness fills the night, he cannot hide the light. And whom shall I fear? You crush the enemy underneath my feet. You are my sword and shield, though troubles linger still. And whom shall I Is always 
Father, we are so thankful that that day is coming when we will see you face to face. We will see your son face to face. The, the one who paid for our sins with his life. God, I would pray that you would help us uh, to remember that every day that we have been bought with a price. And so we are no longer our own, but we've been called to be your ambassadors. God, I'm so thankful that we have your word to lean on to show us the way. I pray that it would refine us. I pray that you would help us to learn from it. I pray that you would speak to us today. And we pray all these things in your son's precious name. Amen. Well, good morning, church. It's so good to be with you. And if you are a first-time guest, thank you so much for uh, joining us for uh, our time in the Word this morning. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab them and find the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It's in the New Testament. But I'm here with Pastor Justin, and uh, it's good to be back. It's been a few weeks since yeah. we've been able to uh, work through a text together, but I'm um, glad to be back with you today. And uh, last week, um, we had a pretty special uh, gathering. Um, we had yeah. over 700 people able to come um, at three different services and gather here on campus. But uh, what was your biggest takeaway from that? Just how wonderful it is to be together. Yeah. I mean, that's our goal. Our desire is to find ways to make that happen more and um, it was just really, really sweet. Yeah, we had a beautiful weather. We had opportunity to have some folks get baptized. Yeah. and uh, But the fellowship by far was just uh, meeting, meeting people uh, in tears just to be able to do that. And so our desire yeah. is to continue to move in that direction over the coming weeks and months. And um, each step of the way, we've been taking these steps and learning. And yeah. so definitely. In fact, I think it would be helpful if uh, if you just gave us a quick update a little bit about uh, what we're looking to uh, do yeah. and uh, just inform us a little bit on what's next. Yeah, so as many of you know, um, our building was flooded uh, due to an unforeseen kind of glitch. And uh, so that uh, remodeling, the, the repairs that needed to be done to the sheetrock and the carpets and painting is all underway. Um, we're still going to be a few weeks out uh, from that being completed, but we're, we're moving towards that direction. But our desire is to continue to um, gather. And so we know that the weather is still been very, very nice. Um, and so, you know, if there's a possibility for us to do that again in the future, we're going to be looking at those options. Um, but our desire is to continue even to find ways once the weather turns to more typical Pacific Northwest weather yeah. to be able to gather inside. And so our desire is to, um, you know, put all those safety uh, procedures in place so that we can do that in a way that people can come and worship together. So we'll be updating the church 
um, as those details come together. But our desire definitely is to gather together. It's undeniable how important that is, and uh, we're excited to do it. Yeah. yeah. And if they want some information also about uh, repairs to yeah. the auditorium and how they can help with that as well, yeah. how would we find out about that? Yeah, this is a, you know, God is a, a God who works in ways that we don't see. And so this is actually an opportunity. Um, some of the damage that's been done, um, our insurance has been great to work with. But if people want to, you know, contribute to that, say we want to help to helping the church get put back together and have um, some of those updates made, um, they can totally um, send in a gift uh, of whatever they feel led to do to yeah. do that. Um, but yeah, on the church website, um, we're going to continue to drive all of our information through that. That's our central place um, to do that. And, and we're hoping to put that uh, auditorium and make some other adjustments in there that are going to help us be able to, when we come back yeah. together, really minister in a way that is uh, going to give us, um, just meet all of our needs as a staff. Good. So. Well, last week we started a brand new series called In the Desert But Not Deserted. Yeah. And um, it was a, 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 one of the things that you highlighted that I really appreciated was just the fact that we are in a season, a series, uh, or a kind of a season that feels like we're in the wilderness. Yeah. And obviously that's a big portion of the Old Testament of God's people walking through the wilderness, and there were a lot of lessons there. But you, you kind of warned us that one of the dangers about going through a season of the wilderness or being in the desert is that we might not accept that it's happening. We might be in denial yeah. or we might not learn the lessons. Yeah. So as we kind of think back and kind of just really re kind of highlight, what was the main um, kind of question or main point that we, you were wanting us to take away from last week? Yeah. So the, the overarching theme in the desert, but not deserted is the idea that Christ is walking with us and that they're actually in the midst of hard times are lessons that he intends for us to grab so that we'll be effective at the next stage. Yeah. And what we did was we kind of packed our bags for this journey with the very first session, highlighted the idea, how do you keep cool in the desert and use that acronym for ICE. You bring ICE, which is inspect your own heart, Comfort others with the comfort that you received and elevate your view. Be looking at Christ rather than the storm. Be looking at Christ rather than the mess that's around you. And if we're inspecting our heart, comforting others, and elevating our view, we're actually going to experience things in the desert. We're going to grow in a way that we, we would, that we're going to have things happen for our benefit that would not have been ours if we had not mm -hmm. gone through the desert. Yeah. So there'll be a blessing that we'll see on the other side and it'll prepare us for what's next. And we firmly believe that brokenness is not the only result of this season, that yeah. we're just gonna try to labor through it and hopefully still be standing, but we actually believe God can grow us and, and make things new. He can create new things yeah. in this season. I, not just that he can do it, he's intending to do that. Yeah. And we need to learn those lessons in order to not waste yeah. this season. So as we continue to work through this series, we're going to let um, that acronym of ICE uh, kind of shape our questions at the end of each sermon to yeah. kind of keep pointing us back to, are we inspecting our hearts? Are we comforting others? And is our view elevated? So yeah. looking forward to that. Well, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, verses 1 through 13. And, and, and the title for this sermon is Three Pre-Trip reminders. Yeah. And so let's read our text and then we'll kind of highlight what we're hoping the Lord will speak to us uh, from this text. Starting in verse 1 of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it says this, Now I do, want, do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud, all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. 
They all ate the same spiritual food, and they all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them since they were struck down in the wilderness. Now these things took place as examples for us, so that we will not desire evil things as they did. Don't become idolaters as some of them were, as it was written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to party. Let us not commit sexual immorality as some of them did, and in a single day 23,000 people died. Let us not test Christ as some of them did and were destroyed by snakes. And don't complain as some of them did and were killed by the destroyer. These things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our instruction on whom the end of the ages have come. So whoever thinks he stands must be careful not to fall. No temptation has come upon you except what is common to humanity. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation, he will also provide a way out so that you may be able to bear it. So our, our, our topic today is three pre-trip reminders. And as uh, we all know, like if you're getting ready to take a trip, there are things that you want to remember to do before you go so that yeah. the trip goes smoothly. I think that the idea that was in my mind was uh, I have some friends that lived on the edge of a wilderness. In fact, I had another buddy that was also up in Alaska, and he says... Uh, you know, he's looking around in the back of my car. He goes, Where, where's your, your preparation kit? You know, where's your kit for emergencies? And I'm like, well, you know, I don't have one back there. And he's yeah. like, man, in Alaska, you don't leave without a blanket, without some rations or something. You don't go to the store without preparations. Every time you leave the house, you're ready. Yeah. This passage reminds us we're in those kind of times. We, we live in a day and age, a location, you know, in time where we need to make sure that we're always ready. And this gives us some preparations we need to take with us every single time. Yeah, one of the things I love about 1 Corinthians 10 is it helps me see a connection between what we read in the Old Testament yeah. through their, their journey in the wilderness. And then what can I learn from that? What is similar? Yeah. What are the things, the lessons I need to learn from their lives that God wanted me to understand even today in 2020? Because Absolutely. here we have Paul in the New Testament teaching this to uh, New Testament believers. Yeah. So what's the first pre-trip reminder we need to remember? Uh, the first one is that we need to prepare for our cravings. Um, and, and we're just going to grab a couple of passages and then we'll unpack this passage over the next upcoming weeks. Mm -hmm. But in uh, verse 6 there, it says, Now these things took place as examples for us so that we would not desire the evil things as they did. Mm. Um, the implication is pretty strong. They have cravings. You have cravings. They're the same. Mm -hmm. It's a consistent th pattern all the way through history. So you need to be prepared for the cravings that, not if you're going to struggle, but when those temptations come upon you, when those cravings that are consistent come upon you, you got to be ready for those. Yeah. And so um, as we kind of look at this season, I think for a lot of us, COVID caught us off guard. Yeah. It, it kind of it, it changed everything so quickly. And now we've been now already, I think we're coming up on seven months of walking through this season. Yeah. And yet we're still, some of us are still trying to get our bearings <clears throat> and kind of get our feet set. So like, how does that, what does this look like for us today? How do we apply this? Well, I think the big picture in this part of the passage here is just that our struggles are consistent. You and I are going to react in similar ways 
Uh, there was uh, a short while ago a, a story that had come out of Florida, and uh, I was listening to a guy who was just reviewing this and, and uh, saying, man, aren't we just like dogs? But it was at a dog park, a racetrack, and a bunch of bettors were there. It was a great big day. Uh, a ton of people that were at the park, and a, a lot of races had gone on. And he says all these greyhounds had lined up. There was like 14 of them. Mm. And they take off all the way around in this one just super comical moment. The rabbit makes it all the way around, and, and how do you get an animal that you know doesn't have a rider or some leash or something to get it going? How do you motivate them? Well, with the greyhounds, you get a rabbit out there, so they're chasing the rabbit. I mean, that's like a metaphor for life, right there. <laughs> and these dogs are are running around after this rabbit, but in this one wild episode, the rabbit just partway through the race explodes, and it's just wires and fur flew out there. <laughs> And they said what the dogs did at that moment, I mean, all your whole life you've been trying to catch the rabbit. Well, now it just explodes. It's not there. Mm -hmm. And some of the greyhounds just laid down. Went to sleep. They were like, man, the race is over. They don't know what to do. They, they just laid down in confusion. Some started turning and were barking at the betters. And the other ones ran straight into plexiglass. They just started running a random route. They didn't know what to chase, so they just started taking off running and they hurt themselves. Mm -hmm. And he was observing, isn't that just like us? I mean, we end up in a crisis, you know, we're all chasing the rabbit and all of a sudden there's an explosion. It's not what we thought it was. And some of us just go to bed. Some of us start barking at everyone around us and some of us hurt ourselves. Yeah. And that is a consistent pattern in humanity, not just dogs, but in us, we do those kinds of things. Right. And I think this passage is highlighting, there are certain consistent patterns, cravings that we have and the enemy doesn't have to look very far. He's just like, man, I use the same lure, the same bait. They respond the same way. I'm going to draw some of them in and cause them to fail. And he says, get ready, get geared up for those cravings and prepare in advance for them to happen. And let the things that I've recorded in my word about how they've handled it. Yes. Let those be a teacher to you so that you don't repeat some of their mistakes. It's the critical piece is he's saying you don't have to go in unprepared. Yeah. You can actually train and, and be ready for this knowing that I've given you the path to life rather than failure. And just at one of the, so as I start to kind of connect it to today. Yeah. Think about some of the things they complained about. They wanted to know where we were going. Yeah. They complained about the lead. Did the leader know what they were doing? Yes. The leader's not meeting all my needs. I don't like what's been given to me. I'm not given enough of For it. Sure. It's not my favorite. Um, we. How long is this gonna last? Like, I think we could say all those things today. Like, I could just say those statements, and I would yeah. say well, that sounds like today. I don't know where we're heading. How long it's gonna be? I don't like what I've been given. I don't trust the leadership. And. The Old Testament records what happens yeah. when they live out those cravings rather than keeping their eyes on Christ. It's crazy, and it could feel almost like, oh, no, are you just like cherry-picking passages that will you know, help you answer? No, <clears throat> this is literally Paul's talking to a group of people saying, this is always the case. I need you to read this so that you'll be able to come through it smoothly. Yeah, so it hadn't changed in thousands of years to no. that point, and it still hasn't changed thousands of years later. No. The common, these things are common to humanity. So prepare for them. That's the first thing. When you're going on a trip, prepare for your cravings. What's the second one? Well, the second thing is remember your instructions. So he walks through some episodes <laughs> in the desert that were really important. We're going to go through those in the coming weeks. Mm -hmm. But then he says once again, and it's reframing uh, verse 6. So that means it's important. Anytime scripture bookends something, we highlighted this last week. If he, if he repeats a passage, you want to listen to it. If he reframes it, man, that's really important. So he reframes verse 6 by saying, These things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our instruction on whom the end of the ages have come. 
That, that is a super strong way. He's strengthening these observations saying, this has happened, I want to instruct you, and I want you to be ready for what you're about to face. So remembering those instructions is what settled them. Yeah. Um, and that's it, where they found rest. Once yeah. they finally said, I'm going to trust the Lord. And we see in the story of the Old Testament with the Israelites, they had these seasons where they did trust the Lord and then they got distracted and they would come back and yeah. trust the Lord and they'd get distracted. But he is, he's saying, you're not going to be able to experience the rest that I'm going to give you until you truly remember what I've said and accept it. In fact, that's the central theme in the desert is, he says uh, in the passage we studied last week, they will not enter my rest, right? Mm -hmm. Unless they learn these lessons. So because you didn't learn them, this generation won't enter my rest. I'm going to give that to the next generation. But now you better learn Mm -hmm. the lessons of the desert. And so the idea underneath all of this is we're not going to find rest, all right? The rest that Hebrews highlights, the rest that Scripture highlights, unless we yield to Christ. We learn those instructions. My uh, brother and I were um, learning some lessons for being able to go down the river, and one of the things my dad had taught us was a knot to tie the anchor to the boat. And, uh, you know, you, you learn this lesson. He has this little loop, and he flipped it over. It's called the Boland's Knot. And he had this thing, a phrase that you would remember. The little rabbit comes up out of the hole, goes around the tree, and goes back down the hole. You know, but he always started with a twist on, on the, <laughs> I mean, there was some other parts to the knot that I couldn't ever remember. And I can remember trying to tie this on, and the thing would always slip off. And I'm like, I don't know. So I just wad the line up and tie it on and be like, I think that's good enough. But the idea behind a Boland's Knot is, it gets stronger under tension. It won't work itself loose, whereas a regular knot will work itself loose in the water. Mm. So we head down the McKenzie River, and we're trying to do some fishing. It was one of the first times in his boat, and we had just randomly just tied the, the anchor on. Yeah. And we're going down, and we get through one set of rapids, and we go to drop the anchor. Well, it drops. It hits the ground, and the knot unties. And we're still going. Now, the anchor is still back up in the river. We couldn't get there, but the whole rest of the day, we literally couldn't have rest. So we couldn't prepare for a rapid. We couldn't retie knots. We couldn't pull over to the edge. We didn't have an anchor. We couldn't slow down. Yeah. So you're always adjusting and you're tired and you get no break because we hadn't learned the lesson. We hadn't taken the instruction yeah. and it led to a super quick trip. Yeah, <laughs> right. we never got to slow down. One of the things we see here in verse 11 is that he's speaking to, there's, a, there's an importance of why this generation that Paul's talking to needs to learn these lessons as they approach the end of the age. Yeah. Why is that critical? Well, and it actually says these things happen to them as examples written for our instruction upon whom they, he's giving you a race details. First group, next group, we're at the very end. It's the idea of this relay race, you know, so you're handing the baton off um, and you've run well, hand off the baton, it doesn't get dropped, the next generation takes it, they hand off the baton, the next generation, now we're in the final leg. So imagine that you've handed off the baton to somebody and they either fumble the handoff, well now you're disqualified. That happened to the Americans in the Olympics, right? Uh, Or you run so hard and you're focused on your speed and your section rather than the rules and you go across the lines or you don't obey the boundaries and the result is you're disqualified. So the race gets nullified. He's saying, upon whom the end of the ages, the idea is we're literally going to, this is the generation. This stage of church history will see Christ return, and everything that's been written is going to be sealed up and taken care of. Hmm. 
This is it. So we've had other stages where we we're supposed to learn things. That generation was supposed to get ready to see Jesus be born. Yeah. This generation is going to see him return. They've handed us the baton. Now he says, make sure you got the instructions right so you don't err and, and you're not going to be a part mm -hmm. of that generation. You're not going to be the ones receiving Christ because you're going to be living a life that's separated from him. So make sure that you yield. This is one of the things that's been really encouraging. If yeah. I can shift my perspective, instead of asking God, why are you allowing me to live right now when this global pandemic is happening? Yes. It's the shift of going, God has chosen for me to be alive right now, to be part of his church right now. He's, he's chosen me to be part of that anchor leg. See, when I was in school and, and totally. got selected yeah. for relay races, I never got selected to be the anchor. There was something about the way I looked that didn't think that he was going to be able to close out the race for us yeah, successfully. It's true. But God has looked at us and said, you are the ones I wanted to, to live in this era. But for learn sure. the lessons because it's not, that's the hardest. That's when all the tension, all the pressure, it comes down Yeah. right now on you. Learn the lessons. And, it, and this is a blessing. Mm-hmm. Christ is coming. You get to be a part of that generation. Man, handle this well. He's giving you a, a pep talk, not a discouragement. Yeah. You get to be here. Do this well. <clears throat> so, so Paul is calling them to draw their attention back to uh, you know, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, looking at this time in the wilderness. And I believe because it's included in God's Word, he's saying for yeah. us, draw your attention. Learn some lessons about what it means to go through the wilderness and how to do it well. He's a good coach looking at the Monday morning reel saying, remember this game, remember this game, remember this game, this is what we could have done better, here's where we're going, this is how we're gonna attack the next stage, we're gonna to go to victory, yeah. and he's preparing them that way. So the first part of our pre-trip checklist is prepare for your cravings, the second thing to do is to remember your instructions, what's the third one? The third one is just be careful. Mm. Um, it says, so whoever thinks he stand must be careful not to fall. You think you're confident? All right, well, now just make sure you're not getting lazy in that confidence. Don't, don't just say, well, yeah, we got the victory. Everything's going to be good. Make sure that you are taking great pains to watch where you're stepping. Yeah. yeah. So this reminds me of a, a time where um, we had, as a staff, gone up to the Metolius and done some, some fishing. Yeah. And uh, I didn't grow up fishing. And so this was one of my first times actually fly fishing, standing in a river. But there were a couple of times in that day where the group said, all right, we're going to walk across this moving river to the other side. Yeah. And I was like, how do you do that? I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to get swept away. And so we got to this one section where it was like the water was moving pretty fast. Yeah. And uh, I remember being a little bit nervous. And you just said, hey, there's a sign across the river. Keep your eyes on that. Yeah. Keep your feet moving so that your, your footing is sure. And just as long as you're careful and you keep moving, you'll get to the other side. Yeah. And so and you were doing it, man. I was doing it. Yeah. So, you know, I'm doing it. I mean, I'm sure if there was a camera on me, my face was tense. And yeah. I'm like, just I want to see Holly again. Give me yeah, across this I river, know. Lord. Well, all of you guys have been fishing. You've been on the Metolius before. Yeah. And so and I've already gotten permission to share this. Tim is on this trip with us. <laughs> if Tim has done this, he's excited. You know, yeah. he's and he gets in there. And I mean, it's not two or three steps. I no. hear a splash behind me. I can't turn around and look because I'm focused on yeah. moving forward. But you were right next to him, had to reach down, grab him, pull him yeah. up. 
Tim knew what to do. Yeah. He had done it before, but because of his maybe overconfidence in that moment and not being careful, he lost his footing yeah. and fell into the water. Well, and, and add to that, he thought maybe that you were in front with a walker. And <laughs> right. so he's trying to figure out, you know, hey, we've only got one day to we fish gotta this go, river. Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was, uh, that was a, a classic moment. It was a lot of fun for it us was. as a team to laugh about yeah. it. But it is a reminder that we can maybe forget how dangerous the time is. Yeah. We can forget that if we aren't careful about how we move, in this season in particular, yeah. if we're not thoughtful about the next step, we're gonna miss the point or we're gonna find ourselves in a situation that will undo all of our testimony. It'll undo the ability to share the gospel. It'll undo the grace that we've been able to see in the community, uh, that, that we've been able to share and that we've been able to receive. We're gonna, we're going to, in a lack of carefulness, undo the opportunities that we have been able to participate right. in. And that's what the Israelites, that. that's what the Israelites did. Yeah. And that's the challenge for us today, is that in a season of being in the wilderness, being in the desert, there will come a point in all of our lives, and actually it's a point that kind of reoccurs, Yes. which is, am I gonna trust God, or am I gonna say, enough, I'm taking this, I'm going to take control of it. I'm going to figure this out because I don't trust him. I'm tired of waiting on him. He's not doing what I think we should be doing. And, and Paul is saying here, be careful that you don't fall into that trap. Yeah. Trust the Lord. Continue to follow him. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So three important pre-trip reminders as we head into this series and we begin to explore some of these actual stories uh, in the Old Testament of the time in the wilderness. It's important for us to yeah. be going through this pre-trip checklist because even when you're on a trip you still wake up you know I, I've done a lot of you know traveling where I've had to unpack a car okay we're moving to the next spot and I got to yeah. make sure everything's back in it do we have everything For we sure. need it's a constant you constantly got to check where you're at how much yeah. you know how much food do I have left how much gas do we have left that type yeah. of stuff so we need to be doing these things but as we kind of walk through this, uh, we have some questions for us to kind of consider to help us maybe really con consider what we've covered today. Yeah, and it's based on that ICE principle. Inspect your heart, comfort somebody else, and elevate your view. So the first question based on that is, how are the battles you've faced consistent with those around you? Mm -hmm. How have the battles you've faced in this season been consistent with those that are around you? Yeah, I think that'll be helpful for us to see that yeah. um, we're not alone in this and uh, maybe be able to also speak to what God has done in response to that. Yeah. The second question is, what encouragement would you give someone else based on this passage? What is something that yeah. we see in here um, that you could share with somebody else that would be an encouragement to someone who maybe feels like, man, they've been in the desert and been deserted? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I think the final one there is, how will you magnify God in this season? Every single passage needs to elevate our view to Christ, mm -hmm. and there's an element in which, um, even if it's a hard passage or it's calling us up short or changing our thinking, it's still magnifying a holy God, not just his righteousness, but the beauty of being uh, one of his kids. We get to follow the God of the universe. He's made plans for us, and they're good plans. So how do we elevate our view and let other people know, man, I'm following King Jesus, mm -hmm. right? I'm not with a dour expression saying, oh, I got to go through this. How can I elevate my view? Yeah. So as you wake up this week, each day, I would encourage you to go through your pre-check, your yeah. pre-trip checklist for today. Today is a little part of the trip. You're going to be moving yeah. in this season. 
make sure that you guys are doing these things. Prepare for your cravings, remember your instructions, and be careful. Yeah. Pastor, would you pray for us? Yeah. Father, we come before you and we do ask as we go through this series uh, that you would give us a couple of things. First of all, that great confidence that we are in a desert season, but we're not deserted. You have called us, you know us, uh, you've prepared us, you've given us all the instructions, everything that we need for life and godliness is in your word. So remind us of that and then call us or cause us, Father, to sense our calling, to recognize that uh, you are calling us to things that are greater than complaining, greater than just sitting down, barking at others or hurting ourselves. You are calling us to something greater. Father, help us to elevate our view of you and of what you've called us to. We thank you for this season. We thank you for the opportunity we've had to learn. We do pray, Father, all of our hearts are craving that we would be back together, collectively able to worship together. But Father, we don't have to wait to worship. Help us right now in this season to worship you with full hearts. We pray in Christ's name.